Jesus Christ came. Jesus Christ came to bring a new life and a new reality. And it's called life in the kingdom of God. And a big part of the life in the kingdom of God is experiencing that life in a community. And we pray as a community. And, and that's why we're studying the Lord's Prayer right now, is for those of us who've come to saving faith in Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God has come, and now it is growing. It is growing in us and through us. And we, as God's children, we have access to the Father in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit to pray. And so we're studying what is known as the Lord's Prayer. It's, it's truly the prayer of the citizens of the kingdom of God. And today we want to talk about how it is and why it is we are to pray for the needs of the kingdom of God. We're going to be looking specifically at, at verse 11 of Matthew chapter 6. Again, we're, we're in this Lord's Prayer, and we want to focus on, on praying for kingdom needs. And as citizens of the kingdom of God, there are two fundamental realities that we always must remember. The first is that citizens of the kingdom of God, and again, this isn't notes in your sermon, it's just kind of by way of preparation to hear what the scripture says, is to always remember the sufficiency of God. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. God has made grace abound to us in salvation. God has all we need in, in all things at all times. He provides all that we need for his plan. And we, we are dependent. God is sufficient. But we need to remember the dependency of his saints. 2 Corinthians 1.9. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He goes on to talk about the importance of prayer. And for those of us who are Christians, we are dependent upon the Lord. And we, we are to, to recognize, yes, we need him for salvation. We also need him for every aspect of our lives. We are dependent on God's, God and his people to pray and for us to pray together. When we, when we forget God's sufficiency and our dependency, I'm going to tell you what happens to us. It's two things. The first one is we stop being grateful to God and his people. We stop being grateful because we're not seeing the hand of God. We're not relying on the hand of God. We're relying on us, and so we're very proud of ourselves. We're very, we're very self-sufficient, so we think in ourselves. And so we stop being grateful, and we stop being prayerful. We stop being prayerful to God for ourselves and his people because our, our wrong thinking is, well, I'm fine, they should be fine. I'm taking care of me, they should take care of themselves. Well, as a community of faith, we are called by God to, to recognize his sufficiency and our dependency. We've been talking about this, this wonderful grace that God gives us in prayer. Let me ask you, are you truly praying? Is it a part of your daily life? If not, why not? Might it be that you really don't believe or trust in the sufficiency of God? Might it be that you don't really understand the, the reality of your own dependency upon God? As we have been walking through this scripture, I've had a question that's continued to come up, and it has a theological implication, and I want to address it right now. There are some who say, why should we pray if God already knows? They take Matthew chapter 6, verse 8. It says, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And there have been those who said, well, why should we pray? If God already knows, why was his time and my time and asking? And this is what you need to understand. We pray so that we can express our trust to God. We pray so we can give glory to God for providing. 
We, we pray so that we can center our minds on Jesus and the kingdom of God. Because without that, we're going to just think about ourselves and what we can do and what we want. We pray so that we can know God's will. He always answers. God always answers. Yes, no, or not yet. When, when we pray, we honor God. And we see God provide for the needs of the kingdom of God. And that's what our text today, Matthew 6, 11, helps us to do. So if you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be in verses 9 through 13. Casey's going to come and read for us. So Casey, if you don't mind, come. Let's all stand together in honor of God's word. Again, she's going to read the entirety of the prayer. But our focus today is verse 11. So let your eye... uh, Stay focused there and and give it a little extra attention as Casey reads. Go ahead and read that for us. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Casey. And pray now for the preaching of God's word as you're being seated all of us have different needs at different times based upon our circumstances. Now, now, we all have the basic need of health. We need our bodies to work. We all have the basic need of salvation. We need peace with God through Jesus Christ, knowing that our sin is forgiven and that we have a right relationship with God. We also have the basic need of hope, knowing that our lives matter. Our lives, your life matters to God. And you're in the will of God, which gives you hope. We all need health, salvation, and hope. This week, I prayed for many things. I prayed for people to be healed from brain surgery and back surgery and COVID. For people to be comforted in the loss of their loved ones. For people to be restored in broken relationships. And for there to be peace in their marriages and amongst their friendships for people to be successful in their endeavors as they seek to fulfill what they believe God has called them to. And I was able to make each request in the name of Jesus, confident that this is according to the word of God and therefore is the will of God. Now, you and I may look at each one of those and we may rank them in terms of importance. Well, this one's really important. I mean, that's good, but is it really, is it really that big of a deal? And, and does God really... Does he concern himself with that? And, 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 and can God do what I've got going on? I mean, after all, what I've got going on is, is so significant. Let me remind you of something real important. Everything is small to God. Everything is small to God. You know, right now we've got uh, parents and they're, they're trying to teach their, their children to walk. And some of them are trying to teach their parents to their children to, to drive, and we need to really pray about, okay, let's all pray for that. That's that endangered, that's important for, for all. And, and some parents are just trying to get their kids to clean their room, right? You know, and, and it's a struggle. And now we, we kind of smile and laugh, and we just say, oh yeah, that's, that's it. But can I tell you, that's a big deal to those parents. It's a big deal to those it's a It's a big deal. And, and here's what I want us to all understand, that those are small things in the grand scheme of things, but they're also very big things because they matter to those individuals. And here's what is true. Everything is small to God, but it matters to God because it matters to us. When you talk to God about what's going on in your heart and mind and life and the lives of the others around you, it matters to him. And he wants you to talk to him about that. 
But I want you to know it's small to him. <laughs> Cancer is small to him. Uh, ma- marital breakup, that's, he can heal that. He has that kind of power. God can provide peace. He can do all things. And he calls us, he calls us to acknowledge his, his, his sufficiency, to, to admit that, that we need him and to accept his will. And, and that's what I see in our text today. I want to encourage you to, to write down and remember these three things. There's, there's something to acknowledge, something to admit, and, and something to accept. And so the first thing is this. Citizens of the kingdom of God must acknowledge God's sufficiency. Acknowledge God's sufficiency. It begins in verse 11. And, and what we see in, in our English version here is give. But we need to understand that there is a very strong assumption in that word. The Greek word is dos. It's the second person singular of the word uh, didomi. And and the way it should actually be stated is you, singular, you, God, give. The word you is implied. And when we pray rightly, we are asking God to act. We're asking God to give. And to pray this is to honor God as provider. It says in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? You know, years ago, we were raising money for this building and preschool building and some other spaces. And we asked the congregation to give. And there were a, a couple of... Um, there were a couple of situations where I went to individuals and asked them to give significant amounts of money. I, I, so you know, I, I have absolutely zero problem. As a matter of fact, I enjoy asking people to give sacrificially to God's work because it's an investment that I know that will last for all of eternity. And I went to this family and I asked them to give a significant amount. And you know what was amazing? What they said to me. They thanked me. They said, thank you, first of all, for honoring to think that we could give that amount. And secondly, thank you for honoring us to think that we had enough faith and love to give that amount. They were honored. And can I tell you, when you pray, you're honoring God. Because what you're saying is, God, I know you're sufficient to provide for this. And I know you love me and you care about me. And so I can ask you. We honor God. It also shows that we trust God. Again, Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? God has given us his son. What more could he give? Friends, he has given his son. His son died on that awful cross to pay for our sins. You know, what you're asking for, it is is so much smaller than that. But you can ask for that because if he did not withhold his son, how will he withhold anything else? We can trust him. You know, my my children trust me. I'm far from a perfect dad. But throughout their lives, their needs have been provided. Not all their wants, but their needs. And so I have a track record. God has a great track record. That's why many of us tear up when we sing Great is thy faithfulness. That's why many of us tear up when we sing, All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. How many of you would say amen to that? Because his track record. 
we can trust him. He's been faithful. We can honor him in praying, you give. We can trust him, God, you give. And we can believe God to be gracious to provide. Again, same verse, Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. How, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? We can believe God to be gracious. Friends, don't, don't dishonor God and embarrass yourself by trying to make a deal with God. Oh God, if you'll this, then I'll this. As if you're this is anything that he needs. He is the all-sufficient God. If you want to come rightly to God, here's what you say. You say, God, you don't owe me anything. If anything is owed, it's judgment and wrath and separation from you. That's what I deserve. But God, in your grace, you have given your son to forgive me of my sin. You have given your son to live in my heart and to guide my life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so with confidence, you can say, God, I trust you. I honor you. I'm coming to you in grace because I believe in the sufficiency of your being. Friends, when we recognize how good and great God is, we will pray. Remember James 1.16? Do not be deceived, my, brother, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of His own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. Friends, everything that we have from God is a gift because of His sufficiency. And we need to acknowledge his, his sufficiency and then secondly, admit our dependency. That's the second thing to take note of. Citizens of the kingdom of God, having acknowledged the sufficiency of God, we are to admit our dependency. And so we say, you give, give us. We are creatures made by God. We matter to God. We have been made in the image of God. There is a sanctity to our lives because of God. But we are creatures. We are creatures made for God, for His praise, for us to be dependent upon Him. Now, by nature, we don't want to depend on anybody or anything. By nature, we want to live with the delusion that we have taken care of ourselves, that we have been able to, to do what we do and have what we have. And again, that doesn't mean that it doesn't require hard work and it doesn't mean that we haven't worked hard. But who gave you the energy to work? Who gave you that mind to learn? Who gave you those opportunities that you stepped into? It is God. And we need to understand and admit, Lord, I'm dependent on you. I, I need you. And when we, when we say to God, whether in word, which very few of us do, but in action, say, God, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to do this my way. I, I got a sense of what you want me to do, but I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. That's sin. And every single one of us have done that. Every single one of us has said, God, I'm going to do it my way, not your way. But although we have turned our backs on God, He has never turned away from us. Romans chapter 3, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Because of the grace of Christ Jesus, we can say to God, give us, give us. We need you. We're dependent upon you. And we need to ask God for forgiveness, for him to make us citizens of the kingdom of God. Look what it says in Colossians 1.13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. That is grace. We are dependent upon Jesus for salvation, for the forgiveness of our sins and new life. And we need to ask God to give us what is best for us. So often we say, oh God, bless us for and no more. And we don't say that, but that's the way we function in our prayers. We are so caught up in me and mine that we rarely look beyond the, the, the greater community of, of, of faith. It says in Philippians, this is important, Philippians 2.4, let each of us look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. God's will is that we be and live as servants to one another. And one of the ways we do that is by admitting our dependency on God and the sufficiency of God and seeking God and, and saying, God, give us Give us, friends, Christianity is a team sport. You guys know that I've, I've, I've played sports growing up and, and I've seen two kinds of athletes on two different kinds of teams. There's the athlete that says, I'm going to get mine. I don't, I'm not worried about what's going to happen to this team. I'm going to get my statistics. I'm going to get my recognition. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show out and everybody's going to know that I am great. And then there's that player that says, I'm here to work within the team. I will be what this team needs me to be. If I need to score, I'll score. If I need to rebound, I'll rebound. If I need to pass, I will pass. If I need to sit, I will sit. It's the person who says, I'm here to serve the needs of the greater good. There's one team that is a joy to be on, and they're typically more successful. There's another team that's a misery to be on, even if they are successful, because selfish people are not fun. God has called us to be fun, to be a people who say, I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve, and I'm dependent upon God. We're dependent upon God, and I'm trusting God. You can trust God, and let's be happily dependent upon God. Yes, acknowledging the sufficiency of God, and then admitting our dependency on God. And then the third thing, accepting God's sovereignty. Now, this is hard. This is hard. We are to pray, give us this day, our daily bread. We are, and I'm going to talk about this. I want you to see, though, something very, two things very, very important here. First of all, there's a time base to that request, this day. And there is a specific need, daily bread. All our prayer is to be that specific. And what we are, in essence, doing is saying, God, you're sovereign. And you know what is best. The way we learn what is best is through prayer. See, when we pray, we need to pray knowing that God is going to answer us, knowing that God is all-knowing and all-powerful, and that God is going to provide what is best. We are children under a good God. Many of you have children, grandchildren, you know of children, and children often want good things. Good things that taste good in the moment, that feel good in the moment, that look good in the moment. But you know what wise parents do? They know what's best. 
and our Father in heaven, he knows what's best. It says in Psalm 115.3, listen, look at this attribute of God. Our God is in heaven. He does all that he pleases. And you know what pleases God? To provide what is best. So in order for us to know God's will of what is best, here's what you got to do. You've got to pray specific prayers. First of all, time-based. Time-based prayers. This day, this week, this month, this year. Every single prayer, try to put a time stamp on it so you'll know when to look for the provision. See, when you ask God to do something today, your eyes should be looking for the provision today. If you're asking God for something this week, this month, you'll know where to be looking for it. Here's the thing. If you're not praying time-based prayers, you're not looking. And they may show up, but you may not even see and acknowledge God and give Him the glory. Secondly, specifically. Specifically, what's your daily bread need today? What's your daily bread need right now, this week, this month? Ask specifically. And God, God's going to answer. He may say, No, no, that is not what is best. No. He may say, yes, yes, that is best. And because the request is time-based and specific, when he provides it, here's what you are able to acknowledge. That's a big yes. He did it. That's yes. That's God's will. Okay, now I can go forward. The hard one is not yet. Not yet. That means... That means that it's not against God's will, but it's not God's timing. And so what you've got to do is if you know that it's a promise in God's word, pray the promises of God. If you know that this is God's general will, then you can pray confidently for it and trust if he says not yet. That's not no. That means you've got to keep praying. Do you have a loved one who's not saved? God's will is that we repent and believe and be saved. Pray for that every day. Look for it every day. Do you have, do you have a loved one or do you have a health need? Do, do you have a, a, a vocational need? Do you have a relational need? Time-based specifics. Ask God to do it. And, and I want to show you how I do it. You need a plan. You need a plan for how you're going to do that. All right, we've got some time. Let me show you how I pray every single day. And by the way, I struggle to get this done in an hour. I would prefer two to three hours. I usually do not have two to three hours. Eight hours would be about right. Okay? And someone's like, how in the world can you pray? Let me show you. All right, the Pettis prayer plan. All right, until you get your own, use this one. Every morning, I start with our prayer focus. I go... I've already actually got it saved, and I look at our prayer focus. You, we will put out our prayer focus. It's already probably been put out on Facebook and on our website already. And those of you who follow me on Facebook, you know the, you'll know when my time alone with God has started because I will post that prayer, and you'll know, all right, pastor's praying, because the first thing I post, and we'll post tomorrow morning, is our awakening prayer, and I pray that every single morning. The second thing I post every day is, is the daily focus of the day. 
And so there's a rhythm to it. There's a rhythm to that prayer. You'll notice that, that the first, on Monday, we pray for a global or local impact need. You'll notice on Tuesday, we pray for our centers, pregnancy and counseling centers that we're partners with. On, on Wednesday, we pray for revival for our church, then a city, a, a need in our city, a need in our church, and then for our worship gatherings. And then this morning, I prayed. Every Sunday morning, what do I do? I pray specifically for this, for our gatherings. And some of you are nodding because you read it this morning. I prayed for our gathering that we would have an understanding of God's sufficiency and our dependency so that we would be a people of prayer. That's, that started today. I do that every day. That's where I start. You need to have that prayer focus. You need to pray. I write it down. That's part one. Part two. Part two is I praise God based on Scripture. So I read the Bible and then I make a statement. I praise you because whatever that scripture has taught me. So this morning I read Genesis 24, which by the way, I wish I could preach on this right now. I, I, and and uh, Genesis 24, what happens? Abraham, the father, sends out a servant to go and to get a bride for his son, the promised one, that they could have bliss. What has God called us to? God has called us to go out into the world and to to find those who need Jesus to become the bride of Christ to our master's servant, that there might be salvation and hope and healing. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that beautiful? And I prayed for that. I praised God because he's sending us out to do that. Genesis 24, Matthew 23, Nehemiah 13 scared me a little bit. It's kind of violent, but there's there's power in that. Acts 23, God's provision for for Paul. Again, we see God's provision for us, even in a culture where the the government is is not for us, where there are are religions that are are working against us. Again, I praised God. That's part two. Now, that, that, that would usually take a, a, a good two hours if left alone, but there's lots to do today. So number three, let me, the third part, is I give thanks to God. Every single day, God answers prayer for me. And every single day, I go through and I look at the prayers God answered the day before. Every single day, it takes me time to thank God for His provision. Because he provides every single day. Friends, oh, that you would have the joy of seeing God answer prayer every single day and document it. And document it. Last part. Last part is I, I, I pray for specific time. I pray specific time-based requests. I ask. I start with family and friends. I pray for my family. I pray for, for many of my, my group of, of accountability, my circle, uh, pastor friends that are struggling, that have missionary, I mean, just family and friends. Then church, church needs. And friends, that, that could go all day. We have so many needs in our congregation. And then I pray for healing, salvation, and blessing requests. I have a, I have a page of prayer requests. Healing. It's a list. And I, I love... I love Patty's here in church this morning. I'm taking you off my list. Glad you're here. So, so I've been praying for her, see? And, and, and some of you, there, I, I love on Sunday when I, I love going through off my list, off my list, you know? But it's also for salvation. Friends, who are you praying for to be saved? You need a list. What blessings? I'm praying for blessings for so many of you. You say, hey, pray that God will provide this. It's a blessing. I'll, I've got lists of these things, 
Joshua's on my list this week. Praise God. This is, the, this is how God works. Then I, I pray for our government and world. And here's how I do it. Monday through Friday, I listen to the briefing by Al Mohler, and it helps me to have some insight into how jacked up our world is. And it discourages me. I'll be honest with you. It is not happy, happy, joy, joy. It is Whoa, this is a serious need. I mean, I, I challenge you to go and listen to Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And if that doesn't put you on your knees, you don't understand what he's saying. There are so many significant needs and serious, serious litigation that is facing our nation right now that will impact our capacity to live as Christians. And we need to be praying about that. We need to ask God to revive and awaken and provide and, and, and I've got an hour or two to do that, usually just an hour. But friends, every day, time-based, specific prayer. If you don't have a plan, use mine. When you get your plan, use it. Now, here's what I know. Some of you, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because you're not saved. Without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you stand condemned under the wrath of God because of your sin. The most important thing that you can pray for today is God's forgiveness for your sin by believing that Jesus died to pay for that sin and He has been raised and that, and that He now will lead you and live in your life. Ask Him for that and He will do it. Some of you have asked that, but are you living are you living believing in the sufficiency of God and your dependency? See, if you're not praying, you don't believe that. I want to say it again. If you're not praying, it's because you don't believe in the sufficiency of God and the, and the dependency of in your own life. And you need to repent of that. But then if you do believe, you know of needs. Ask specifically. I want to pray for you now. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time this morning. And Lord, for just a minute, we just want to pray. Hear us, Lord. Father God, I know there's some people in this room right now who stand outside of your grace because they've never asked for it. They've never, they've never told you the truth, that they are wrong, that they sinned, but that they believe that you, Jesus, died for that sin and been raised. And they've never asked you to forgive them and to take over their life. And I pray that right now they will that right now they will say, Jesus, I know you died, but I know you've been raised. Please forgive me. I know you hear my prayer because you are alive. Live in me. I want to be yours. Pray that right now. And if you pray that, come talk with me or one of the leaders in the back because there's more that's to come. Let's talk about that. Some of you are God's children, but you're not praying. Right now, tell God the truth. Tell them why you're not praying. Tell them, is it because you don't think he's sufficient? Or is it because you don't understand your dependency, your real need for him? And repent. Ask God to forgive you. And, and tell him that you know he's sufficient. And tell him you know you're dependent. And, and tell him that you're going to live admitting that and walking in that and now praying. Now, what needs do you have? What's one need in your life right now? Tell God that you believe he is sufficient. Tell him it's a big deal to you that you, you're dependent upon him. 
given, given the specific time and need and ask for it right now. Tell him how it will bring him glory. Tell him why it matters to your kingdom and to, your, and, to, and to the life he's given to you in Christ to provide this. Now, what's one need in your family or your friend group? Ask a specific time-based prayer right now. It may not be a friend. It may, need, it may be an enemy, a perceived enemy or a real one. Pray. Pray for someone else. Now let's all agree and let's pray together right now for our city. And let's pray for those teams that are going to go out this afternoon to care for this city. And pray for the people who need have needs that we will meet those needs, that we will meet those people and talk with them. Pray that God gives us safety. Pray that God gives us favor to show his love. Oh God, you are good and your steadfast love endures forever. Great is your faithfulness. All our lives, you've been so, so good, whether we know it or believe it or not, you are good. And so we come to you with confidence today. We come to you now that we might live lives that honor you, that bless you and, and, and provide for us, us, our needs, our Father. Lord, bless us, we pray in Jesus' name.